man growing up with a cane pole in his hand. Box full of trim sitting down by the street that leads him to the corpus play. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I wanna go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I wanna go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I wanna see how far this country goes. your coffee cup, put the dog on the porch, and turn up your radio. This is the Outdoor Zone with TJ and Cody Ryan, live from the bunkhouse. There's a place up ahead and I'm going, just as fast as my feet can fly. Come away, come away. All right, welcome. Welcome back. Welcome to Welcome Back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home with you live every Sunday morning, 7 to 9, 7 to 9 a.m. on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network and 102.9, try it. Just don't try it. 102.7 FM ESPN and the blow torch out of Austin, Texas. And my name is TJ Graney in the bunkhouse. Now with me is, of course, Cody Ryan. Hello. Good morning. I don't like either one of you this morning. Y'all have matching bracelets, <laughs> matching necklaces, and yeah, nobody informed you me. You were we invited wearing... to the club, man. We made these bracelets together. Yes. We oh. asked you if you wanted to come over. They're friendship no, hats. They're friendship hats is what they are. It's oh. the club. New- they're both wearing matching hats, brand new style, brand new hats. That's right. And uh, they're both like pointing to them and like high-fiving. And I wasn't invited to this party. No. So. Beef steak is in the house as well. Oh, yeah. With a fancy uh, new hat. So fancy. Latido. And Jack hat. is the ranch hand that got here early and made sure the gate get o- got open. Getting gate got Actually, open, Beefsteak got here ahead of Jack and made sure the gate was open for Jack. I busted it down, baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I hope you have some, a flat tire. Got some... Uh, <laughs> oh, you're an ornery little in sucker the old today. Belly stove, put some water in the coffee over the old coffee grinds from last week and made us a little bit of that nectar of the gods coffee java cody of course has a tea bag in his hot water oh don't start talking tea tea bag oh never mind certain things you can't say (laughs) community blend community coffee morning blend he, he's not. He's not. I, I drink know. green tea in the morning. Yes, I'm a I'm a green tea drinker. He's a millennial. Surely there's other tea drinkers out there. And don't call me Shirley. No. Uh, right. No there tea, are drinkers. Other tea no, drinkers. No way. Yeah. All the guys that that you see, like when I'm traveling and I'm at a hotel and I'm 
in the morning fixing to go do whatever I'm going to do. The guys with the ponytails rolled up in a bun on the top of their heads are getting their green tea. That's right. Just like Cody. Just like <laughs> Cody Ryan. I'm going to get him one of those fake ponytails that you clip on, you know, to that. No, you know, a lot of guys. Y'all uh, cross the line already. In the mountains, in the mountains, um, a lot of guys are switch from coffee to tea while they're hiking. Yep. True wow. fact. True fact. Mountain men is what you're saying. Drink tea. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't get any. I sent you all a text yesterday morning. And I didn't get I replied any. to your text. Oh. We replied. I replied to your text. But guess what? You have a. A what? A prepaid card phone, <laughs> flip phone that nobody uses. Get on get a, a, on the wagon. Who cares? It's just time to get on the wagon. Be like the rest of the world. Join the movement. You mean so my, we can have my flip feds to follow my flip it phone? They're jutter, following you anyway. Ju, it's a jutter. No, what was that? What would they call it? Jitterbug. Jitterbug. Yeah. Yeah. With the big buttons. No, I'm a little worried, y'all. I wanted to share this with you because yesterday morning, you know, it was really we cold. We didn't respond. No, well, we did. yeah, exactly. But I figured out both I just, of us responded. Okay. Well, my <laughs> jitterbug doesn't get that kind of fancy alerts, I guess, back from y'all. But. So I drive out yesterday morning. We had some kids that canceled because they were, quote, sick. What's wrong with kids today? They can't take the weather. But anyways, so I decide I'm going to go out and fill that tag. I was going to burn. I was going to burn a tag to take a kid out, you know, hunting. Couldn't do that this weekend. So I told the wife, I'm driving. You're not going to burn one of your tags legally stating. No. You're going would, to. You're allotted on your deer <laughs> lease. Yes. I'm so many you. deer. I'm so saving you, many deer. Yeah. And I burn it. The game warden starting their trucks. I digitally cut it up and put it aside so that one of the kids could take that slot, not my tag. He would use his right. tag. And use their tag. Their tag. But anyway, so. To properly tag it legally. So here's my dilemma. If you want to hear my dilemma, I wake up super early, leave, drive two hours then drive into the uh, deer lease up there in Mason. I pull up and there's like five deer all around. There's deer running everywhere. This is like the Golden Corral, a buffet of deer. Walk up. I couldn't even like, I hope I don't scare them off. Slid open the window. And I was like, man, nothing is scaring these. And within within five minutes, well, two minutes, I didn't even get my binoculars out. I didn't even get my nothing out. And I just slid that up there and pow, popped a deer and uh, that was done. And I texted my wife. Now what I'm worried about is the comment is, okay, you drove out there within a half an hour or within actually 10 minutes of entering the gate, 20 minutes at the most. Uh, you take, you get your deer and now you're re you're ready to turn around. What took all year? What took all those yeah, weeks? That she was like, what, "What about that hunkation where you came home with one deer and one pig after four days? That doesn't make sense anymore." So she's, I'm like, "Oh no, oh no! What did I just do? You know, you ruined it. <laughs> I did. I, I should have said it was harder, you know, or something." Says, I drove out to my deer lease in Mason early this morning, 22 degrees, and I just got my doe. 
to fill my tags for the year. Now I have to warm it up enough to clean it. It's so cold, the water pump and spigouts. Spigot. I meant to say spigot. But, you and cigouts <laughs> are frozen solid. Deer skinning the old-fashioned way with no water. That's right. It was an old-fashioned way, I gave you a ha-ha and a heart. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you very much. Well, my jitterbug, I guess, didn't pick that up. But I came up with a new flavor for 7-Eleven. It's called the Blood Slushy. Whenever I poured some cold water over all that blood that was coming out and all those mm-hmm. And it just looked like a slushy on the floor. Blood slushy. Yeah. So that's my new flavor. But do you, so how do okay, I get, how do I get, driver. how do I get past this now? You know, I've got this. Oh, you ruined it. Hey, cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> it really, it, I mean, in a day and a half, he could fill his, all his tags. So that's really all he needs to <laughs> allot it for deer season. Is a so day and a half. You can schedule up every Every weekend of deer season, just give him a day and a half, maybe a Friday afternoon and a Saturday, and he'll be done. He should be done. So, uh, you you got a whole deer season back back of your husband cheesecake. And I am. I'm sorry. Your really mic excited is going for out. y'all to enjoy all those times at the. Uh, the you know, the orchard picking peaches together and the couples wineries and yeah. walking hand in hand around the lake downtown. <laughs> yes. It's going to be so fun. Y'all will... are going to have so much fun. You two and, girls, and, and... you two girls are going to have so much fun together. <laughs> and a date over at McBride's because we know the way society is pounding on our rights to own guns. It's imperative. We support gun shop. The one we trust here at the bunkhouse with our constitutional rights. Well, of course, it's McBride's Guns, family-owned and operated, local full-service firearm dealer. Whether you're looking for that new rifle, a new shotgun, a personal carry, or a special order firearm, the staff at McBride's can help. McBride's has a gunsmith on staff to help you adjust, repair, and modify your firearms. Looking for your personal carry or a referral class? One place, McBride's Guns. You'll find them in the same place they've been for years, the corner of 30th and Lamar. Call them at 512-472-3532 or online at McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns, our hometown gun shop. You know, we are super, super lucky as us three men in the bunkhouse because there are there are wives out there that uh are not like ours let's say of yes. course I, if mine wasn't i i, I wouldn't be married uh <laughs> but that we are our our wives understand that our uh affection for the outdoors and desire to be out there and that's sometimes a rare thing i've got buddies that you know have to wait for just the right time to ask permission, you know, and uh, oh, I mean, I'm serious, you know, my wife gets, and mad. they have, they have ponytail that are <laughs> and they're drinking the green no, tea pen on top of their no, heads. No, those green guys tea. aren't married to women. Oh. Hey, it's the outdoor zone. <laughs> oh, live. Wait, what your buddies out. aren't? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No. Oh, the guys I'm talking about. The guys you're talking oh, about. Okay. Yes. Right. Ponytail men. Where's uh, this going to go? Which, mm. look, if you just There's hadn't gotten around. wrong with the ponytail If you guy. hadn't, sh- yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you hadn't gotten around to sharpening your knife to cut your hair yet, just 
you know, no big deal, whatever, bro. Uh, we'll talk fishing on the flip side. Plus your favorite segment since the outdoor zone. My goodness, we got to get this thing going. Catch it all in place 24-7, 365 at com. This is T-Roy Bruce Orr listening to the Outdoor Zone. Call me redneck, white trash, and blue collar. All right, welcome back, regulators. You're tuned into the Outdoor Zone, number one outdoor show in Texas, right here on the Outdoor Zone Radio Network, available live here on Sundays, 20 on Sundays or 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. And all your favorite podcast platforms follow us there. Hey. Thanks to this uh, segment's sponsor, Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Get a fast start without the fast talk to the new year during the Start Something New sales event at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Don't be fooled by some dealership advertisements that show you a lower price then put surprise aftermarket items on their cars to increase the price of the vehicle. Those are called addendums or dealer add-ons. Ram 1500. America's best light duty truck pick duty pickup for new vehicle quality as ranked by JD Power. They got them. How about a 24, a 2024 2500 tradesman diesel 4x4 with over 13,000 in savings? They got them. For the best selection and a free lifetime protection plan at Nile and Nile Maxwell's promise to beat any competitor's price, go see the experts in Central Texas at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter, 620 and 183 in Austin, or visit online at nilemaxwellsupercenter.com. Boy, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> so I've got uh, uh, a story here I thought was just interesting. I thought I'd throw out there about in france france we they're we we they're they're announcing a temporary ban on almost all commercial fishing in the bay of biscay uh to protect dolphins nine thousand dolphins are what they predict die each year to commercial fishing local fishermen say the ban is absurd and they fear losing money but the government has promised compensation. Huh. So tax relief or something. I probably what it, it is. That's all that that's all it said is they promised compensation. So they're not going to let them fish, but they're still going to pay them for not being able to fish. And then, so now you don't have the fish, the government's spending Nine money needlessly. 9,000. 9,000 uh, 9,000 9, dolphin killed. That's what they say. I they know. Think, come on. That's really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know anything about that. I was just, I was just thought it was crazy that the government was just going to pay him. You know, this, I, I think know. you should go Endless, out. Checking, you should ask a, for a that. Bottomless Cody. checking account. Yeah. Cody, you need to change your address to France. Go over there, get paid for not fishing. Yeah, these I just yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the day that I did not want to go fishing, 
in today's fish tales, I was going to tell the coldest being that we we finally hit a cold snap this week. Oh, it yeah. finally was the uh, you know drip the faucet, make sure everything's covered, turn off the waters at the old cabins, you know, kind of kind of weather that uh, broken pipes, you know, hard to find uh, plumbing pieces, that kind of weather. It's what we had this weekend. And then two days later, I was in a short sleeve t-shirt. <laughs> what was it? Like Wednesday this week? Yeah. 72 or like, 73 degrees. <laughs> yeah. You got like, you're like, cannot peel off clothes and fast enough to cool off. Yeah. Right? Who showed up? Who showed up on that beautiful day? Yeah. To ride, to ride shotgun with you. That's yeah. You right. helped me do some work that day. Of course, you know, fair weather. <laughs> Fair weather yeah. carpenter. It's the only day I had available. Did he show busy. up at like ten thirty? Is that what he did? That's kind of a good roll in. It was like eleven. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I thought so. I, yeah. I got there, got my tools out. Called me I early. Take lunch. That he was going to help. <laughs> Called lunch. me early. Said he wanted to help with this project I got going on. Said, "Come on." And then he calls me a little while later and says he has a ten o'clock meeting. <laughs> and then. And then showed up after that, so it was perfect. A Ten o'clock meeting but was with a bagel. <laughs> the coldest, the coldest day I ever fished, I believe, was a Bassmaster Open on Lake Amistad, which is rare, being that it's a lake down on the border. You wouldn't think of it being the coldest event that I've ever fished, but it it was did not get above freezing on day one of the event. It did not get above freezing until I think it got to 33 degrees when we got back or when weigh-in was going on. 33 degrees was the high, but we took off in the 20s, you know, with the, I'm sure the wind chill was less than that in the teens. And it was one of the longer runs. Now I've made some long runs in tournaments, but it was, it was definitely up there and probably the top. 10% of longest runs I was making in a tournament and was making a long run and maybe, maybe, maybe distance wise, not so much, but when it's, you know, 20 degrees outside and you're running down the lake at 70 miles an hour, uh, I guess it could have been five, factor. five miles and it would have felt miserable. But I remember specifically so takeoff happens. I, I mean, we're bundled up as well as you can be. I had uh, different kinds of gloves, hand warmers, all that kind of stuff going on. I've since kind of figured out some different things that would have helped better since then. But nonetheless, making a run up the lake, and there were two or three times before I got to the place I actually wanted to fish where I looked over as I'm driving and said, I can just stop here and just start fishing. I just, I should just stop here. I'm so cold. I should just stop here till it warms up a little bit. I should, you know, and I kept looking over like, Oh, that looks like a good spot. I could probably catch one there. If I just stop, I just need to stop. I'm so cold. And, but I kept going and kept going. I really wanted to get to the place where I wanted to fish. And by the time I got there, I ended up uh, 
I ended up catching my limit of fish, which was very hard that day in that tournament, and caught my limit of fish in like the within the first hour of the day, and it was so cold. And I mean, it got to a point where my hands weren't working. And I wasn't able to put on a, a new bait, a new plastic bait on my hook. And I would have, I was asking my co-angler to help me bait my hook, put a worm on my hook because my hands weren't working. But as I remember, no, that, you that were killing be. it though, right? I mean, weren't you? That had to be. Wasn't the one it was one of my mis- best finishes. Yeah. Yes. That never... had to be miserable for that uh, co-angler sitting <laughs> on that seat with nothing in front of him. Well, here's was, the funny did they part. Crawl on that in, first day, they crawled down day, on the floor. He, no, I had a guy from like Minnesota or something, and he was like, "What are y'all here Texans complaining about?" Like all day, just giving us a hard time. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh man!" In that case, hey, my hands quit working. Here, put this plastic on my hook so I can cast again. And uh, anyway. It was cold, man, and I I was not correctly prepared for that day. I, I mean, I, to a degree I was, but I, I could have done better. The next day, I remember I put uh, hand, uh, like chest warmers or like those back warmers that you can buy <laughs> that are supposed to, you know, like warm your back for like muscles and stuff. Well, I bought some of those big stickers that you stick on, you know, your shirt or whatever to warm your back for your muscles. And I had them on the front and the back down my leg. I had a, like one on each leg in my, uh, you know, <laughs> don't they have like light, thermals. Don't, don't they have like lidocaine in them or something that kind of makes you. No, these were just warm ones. These were just warm ones. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are some icy hot or something like that, but I didn't, I didn't have those. These were just warmer ones. I get to that fishing spot the next day and I could not stop fast enough and rip those things off of my body because I was about, I think I was cooking internally from <laughs> hand warmers and things stuck around my body. I think I started boiling inside. So it was kind of funny, a switch there, uh, a switch in, in days being that the first day's run, I was so miserable and could not. You know, I just kept wanting to stop and kept wanting to stop. The next day I go out in the tournament and I could not get there fast enough to get these, all these hand warmer things, you know, cause obviously I didn't want to stop while I'm going there, you know, it's takeoff and there's other boats that could, you know, get to my fishing area or whatever. And so you don't want to stop and I get there and it's like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like dripping sweat because I have too many hand warmer things stuffed in every <laughs> you know, pocket and stuck to my body and my chest and my back. So I remember uh, TJ was following you hard on that, on that whole, uh, ordeal. I was there was sending me pictures and yeah. So know, the like final day, on your final head. day, yeah. Final day family surprised me and, uh, my wife and my dad drove down. I also had a buddy that, uh, I told you we got to quit talking about East Texas yeah. for, my East Texas buddy, Chris, and <laughs> he came down. Uh, his down. wife and family came down, and so it was really it was a, it was a special deal, and I was uh, it was a great tournament. But 
You know, anyway, was at, that was, was the at, coldest day I think I've ever been on the water. Before and we miserable. Before we take a break, someone reminded me yesterday. He called. It was Jeff Daughter. Why O Ranch and Cody Ryan? Coldest oh, that was thing. cold. And you come in to our cabin. Not really a cabin. It was just a picnic area with a tarp around green porch and you come in and you're in your tidy whities with boots on and you're yelling at tidy whities no it was tidy whities everybody remembers that and like a wife everybody's made up some story because he's never wore tidy whities he's a boxer man well it was 12 let me tell you about We'll, we'll we can talk about that later because that story's about, been so embellished. Boxers or briefs? I'm gonna find a picture. I'm gonna <laughs> get terrible. Been so so embellished. Like, dude, we're, we're a couple of guys at deer camp. Man, can I walk <laughs> around <laughs> in my underwear or not? Out true health share. Finding affordable, top quality health care options can be tricky for the sportsmen, entrepreneurs, and those who are self-employed. But out true health share. It's a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. I can tell you, they were yellow boxers, too, by the way. Uh, Altria HealthShare is not insurance. However, it offers a powerful alternative to traditional insurance and skyrocketing costs. I have my family covered by Altria, and I literally would not do it any other way. I absolutely love it. Members contribute each month to a membership escrow account, and eligible medical needs are then shared from that escrow account. Go see how much you can save. Go to uh, Altru- Go to myshare.org, myshare.org slash Cody. You can actually save some money there for signing up. Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another. All right, your favorite segments coming up next. News of the Weird. You get it only one place. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365. You can find us at theoutdoorzone.com. Hey, American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone. Live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack them and stack them, would you? All right. Welcome back. Hey, this welcome is Beefsteak. Hey, uh, son, auto is my jam. If you didn't know already, you know, everybody at some point needs to have their vehicle repaired, and it can be hard to find a mechanic you can trust. That's why we use our friends over at Sun Auto Service. You know Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto and repair maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Auto works hard to demonstrate that they take pride in what they do. And we want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs, like I just did last week with my wife's extended warranty on her Durango. All I did was drop it off. They took the they took care of it. Where are you going to drop off your vehicle? Well, my location is 405 West Slaughter Lane. Yours might be 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park. And there's 1403 Rivery Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road, 620. If you want to check out all their locations, you can go to sunautoservice.com. I also go to their Facebook and sign up for great maintenance tips and specials each week. Just go visit them. Sun autoservice.com. All right, regulators, 
You're tuned in to the bunkhouse, the outdoor zone. We're always shopping from Mother Nature's grocery store, fresh and delicious meats of every flavor, venison, pork, fowl, and even delicious bass. Post your shopping pictures on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Zone, theoutdoorzone.com. Now it's time for our news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. All right, welcome back. Uh, so the news of the weird. <laughs> welcome, back, welcome, weird. Back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Weird, that was welcome weird. Back. News of the weird. Um, so this is one, and it's kind of long. I know in the show notes, you guys probably going like, oh my gosh, that's a long one. But there was, in New Hampshire, there was a hiker. Well, the the heading was, a hiker stranded on a New Hampshire mountain used his cell phone to help direct rescuers, but he died before they reached him, state officials said. The outcome was unexpected given Christopher Roma, 37, was an experienced and well-known hiker through the New Hampshire White Mountains. Uh, this guy was a triple crown hiker. In other words, he's done all three of the the long trails, the uh, Pacific Coast Trail, the um, uh, Appalachia, the Appalachian Trail, and the uh, what is the other one that's right up the middle? Um, anyway, he's he's had it. So he was a highly experienced hiker, and he went out and and when he found himself in trouble, he got on his cell phone. He had signal where he was called 911, told him where he was. It took him a while to get there because of the snow and they could not get a helicopter in there. They had to get, they had to hike in and it took them, took hours, almost a day to get to him. By the time they got to him, he'd already frozen. He had frozen to death. And, and so then they, they gave a list of things that every hiker should carry with them. There was a, uh, how to be prepared for hiking list. And I went through the list that I'm a hiker. So I'm like, okay, I want, I want to see what this list is. A couple of things. One is how did a guy, this is a guy with that much experience get caught out in the weather. It's just like going hunting or going fishing. I know there's a lot of times I, I'm an overpacker. When I hike, it is my, it is my fault. It is my, where I mess up every time. Cause I'll, I'll pack up at 65 pounds for a three day hike, which is dumb. But well, I, I remember, I remember when my buddy Will was getting ready to, uh, drive to Georgia, sell his truck at the used car lot and jump on the Appalachian trail and make mm -hmm. that three month trek or four month mm -hmm. trek or whatever. Yep. Six month, however, he, what he, when he was packing and doing his research, he was getting down to like the, you know, Ounce. the ounces and mm -hmm. like kill like grams or, you know, whatever, yep. small, yep. small, minute weight 
and was trying to keep it at a certain weight, like, you know, 30 pounds or something for everything, you know, or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it, all the details were, but I remember specifically him talking about the the weight and that he was like, man, I got to find a better way to do this or whatever. By the end of the, so I got some calls throughout his journey as he would stop in little hotels and little towns and stuff along the way, you yeah. know, like maybe once a month or so, mm-hmm. I would get a random call from a random number and be like, hey, man, <laughs> oh, man, I'm taking a break. God, I just ate a cheeseburger, the greatest cheeseburger I've ever eaten in my life, <laughs> and I'm sleeping in in a motel tonight, in a bed. <laughs> yeah. It's just incredible. I'm like, wow, that sounds incredible. But by the end, I mean, I think he said he had like, you know, he got rid of the whole weight thing about a month in. It was just like when he got to a store, like canned goods were going in his bag. He was, (laughs) you know, he's like, I need a bigger knife. He had like a big old heavy buoy knife or something. You know, all these things had changed by the end of the hike because weight didn't matter you know, as much as some of those creature comforts as he was living, you know, along the trail. Well, so. and you'll, you hear that all the time too. people who pack up for the AT or one of the, one of the big hikes, the first stop or a, a lot of tons of people will pack a gun oh, and, gosh. and like the first town must, their pawn shop must be full of pistols i mean just <laughs> packed full of pistols because people just like ah, yeah, that ain't gonna happen and they do start shedding the weight and it's interesting well i think he was up. adding weight i think he did the opposite yeah from what i hear along that trail they've got a bunch of stops where people trade things right i mean they no you would... can stop they'll have they'll have boxes with food in them there's all kinds of there's all kinds but the the point about this guy was with all the experience that he had, there was some very simple things that I was shocked he didn't have, like a, a, a safety blanket or some some of the stuff. And my only thought was that the guy had to have gone out and didn't read the weather correctly or he got caught up in a surprise storm. But, uh, you know, freezing to death, the two parts to that is one is that would be miserable. I mean, I was when I was in Illinois and Missouri yesterday and, uh, Friday flew up and turned around and came back. And it was like in the teens there, wind blowing snow everywhere. And, uh, and I thought, man, I'm a, I'm a Texas guy. I'm a warm weather guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I got friends who are in Alaska, it's, you know, 20 to below zero or whatever. And, uh, and, but they just prepare for it. They understand it. They know it. And, uh, I just, it was just a curiosity to me that, a that a very seasoned hiker or outdoorsman would get caught and in a situation like this, which it's you the wild, but you yeah, don't but, know, <clears throat> and you got to be a little prepared. You just don't know. And, and you can be hunting, you could be fishing, you could be out in that boat like you were. And yeah. I remember being there, your, the eyes on eyelids on your rods were frozen over and there was tons of, and somehow you got to, 
you got to think through that stuff. And the only way you learn that stuff, like you were saying about Will, uh, is the only way you learn how to do it is by doing it. Yeah. I mean, you can watch all the YouTube videos and read all the articles, but when you get out there and it's cold, you start to think, man, I need to put that in my pack. Well, that's why I, I need to have. That's why I traded cold, we- warm weather for cold weather. I mean, you can. It's incredible how you it you risk your life. Hot weather, I'm not so sure. I don't know. It's much better. You can lose it in the heat too, buddy. You can, but not like go in with the cold. You can go out quick. Nah, we'll argue about that. One thing that one thing that every everything gets better when you get a good night's sleep. Amen. When Mm -hmm. Mrs. Graney and I were uh, looking for a new mattress, we spent hours reading reviews and watching YouTube videos. Then we walked into our buddy Steve Fry's factory mattress and they put us on the right fit sleep mapping technology. And we got a mattress specifically designed for our needs and saved us money. Turns out mattress shopping's gotten way more personal than I thought. Shop smarter, not harder with science-backed sleep solutions at Factory Mattress. Factory Mattress makes it easy to save money and you're back with free delivery, setup, and removal. Get the right bed now during all their sales going on at Factory Mattress, where they have sleep down to a science. FactoryMattressTexas.com for a location near you. Go to FactoryMattressTexas.com for a store near you. All right, coming up, we've got your favorite segments. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365. You can find us at TheOutdoorZone.com. I was born six girls. Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back, regulators. You're tuned into the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. It's live every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Central in the United States of America, or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorzone.com, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Hey, this segment is brought to our brought to you by our friends over at Keystone Bank. You can experience the value of community banking where local matters. Come join the Bank of Choice for Austin community members, families, and entrepreneurs. It's Keystone Bank, founded by our buddy Jeff Wilkinson and his team, and operated right here in Austin, Texas, by locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in our community and its success. When you bank with Keystone, you enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets us apart. You know who your banker is. Banking at your fingertips anywhere, anytime? Well, of course, wherever you are, there you go. To learn more, get started with the Keystone account. Visit one of our locations in person. How about that new one over there at 13715 East Ladera Drive, Ladera Boulevard out there in Bee Caves? Uh, how about 500 Pressler Street in downtown Austin or that beautiful 900 Hutchins Avenue in Ballinger, Texas? Or just go to the website, keystone.bank, for all the information. Keystone.bank for all their information. Keystone Bank, where local matters. Now it's time for our Game Warden Field Notes. <laughs> 
These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. All right, so now that uh, hunting season's over, we're starting to get some some reports on how the season went around the country and how we did with our safety. And um, there was one that was interesting. A Kentucky man died from a hunting accident. This was last month. He was hunting alone and approached a deer that he thought was already dead. The deer made a sudden movement and the man accidentally stabbed himself in the leg with a large hunting knife. He was dead before the family found him. And I was, it got me thinking about, um, how, uh, when Cody, you were out in the field one time and you were cleaning a deer and, uh, cut yourself and I've done it with the knife or how, when you got two people working on a deer, uh, how easily it somebody could cut themselves and man if you're i mean he i'm sure he cut an artery or he he Probably cut something feminal artery i would imagine yeah right? he cut something that was like okay that's not gonna that's not good <laughs> yeah i i mean i remember i was a couple of hours from a yeah, yeah from a hospital and cut my hand and uh and cut the bottom of my finger off and it was it was a scary situation just because i knew immediately and i didn't look necessarily at my hand where i'd cut it i just made a fist and i luckily had somebody there with me and said hey i cut my hand got to go got to go to the hospital and i remember walking into that hospital and it was dark and, you know, nighttime by then, by the time we get into town and all that, and I walk in the hospital and I'd been cleaning deer. It was, it was several deer that I'd been cleaning. And at that point had like a white t-shirt on. Well, that wasn't so white from cleaning <laughs> deer. And I walk in the hospital and I remember the nurse looking at me <laughs> and her eyes got real big. You know, I walk in the doors of the hospital and I've got like blood up to my elbows, you know, dried blood up to my elbows, not just not mine, but you know, like, from cleaning deer. What kind of serial killer shirt. is walking in right now? <laughs> yeah. And I'm walking in, it's dark outside and she like taps the security guard, <laughs> you know, that's like turned around. Code blue, code blue. Like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I, I cut my hand. I cut my hand while cleaning deer, cleaning deer. I was cleaning deer. And they were like, oh, okay. Oh, thank God. And thank uh, got it sewed up. But I, I was back out on the ranch the next day guiding hunts. I was guiding hunts at the time. And I was back out there guiding hunts the next, you know, the next day. And clients had no clue that I, you know, had spent several hours at the hospital the night before. I had a bandaged hand the next day. And, um, you know, I had to, it yeah, was, you had to be it, up at five o'clock. Yeah. Eat. It was hard to, it, it was hard to, hard to, uh, you know, do anything one handed as a hunting guide, but managed, managed to, to make it happen. I remember a couple weeks later 
I was supposed to go back to get the stitches taken out. And I was on the ranch and I had, you know, again, uh, I had to guide. And I remember sitting there in like the middle of the day. I was like, I'm not driving back to town to get these stitches taken out. And I remember pulling those stitches out of my finger by myself. And that is a weird feeling mm-hmm. to <laughs> pull stitches out of your own body and they watch don't, it happen. I did it myself. I didn't want anybody else to do it. Right. And it doesn't come out. They're kind of stuck a little bit. Yeah. So you got to pull like on them. around and, oh, that's a weird, it yeah, still like, makes me queasy just thinking about it. <laughs> well, you, you know, this is what we talk about, you know, with Hunter's Ed, you know, I told you I, I did that last week and something I don't do anymore because one of the, I used to have, you know, got all these funny things that I like to throw in to keep the kids attention and all that. And they talk about how to approach a deer, you know, when it, when it's dead to find out whether it's dead or not dead things to do and not do. And I remember saying that, um, about poking it in the eye with a stick. And I was like, don't do this, you know, because there's videos out there of some guy that, tells his kid, go poke it in the eye with a stick and see if it moves or not, you know? And, uh, that, then I heard later from a mom, that was the only thing that kid remembered about the dead deer thing was poking it in the eye. He took it the wrong way because he remembered that. And I thought, okay, I'm not, I'm pulling that one out of the, uh, repertoire. I'm not going to put that one in there anymore. It was the thing not to do. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever seen that before where people talk about that? But well, you gotta have, you gotta give yourself a little grace. There's in, in all parts of hunting, fishing, hiking, any of the outdoor stuff, there's always those lessons that we learn. That's like, yeah, especially if we're, if we're hauling some, uh, toe draggers around some little guys, you know, there's things that we learn that like, okay, well, I'm probably not gonna, uh, you know. But Cut the, that deer's throat uh, <laughs> in front of a little kid. That's probably they're probably a different way to to finish that deer off, or whatever the situation is. They think of it differently. Hey, uh, but as far as I safety looking, goes, though, TJ, I want to just say that this is part. Of, I mean, a third of all the training in Hunter's Ed is really gun safety and safety that we are talking about here, and we take a long time to go over proper handling of firearms. And I'd swear those kids, if I saw them in the grocery store somewhere, they'd be like, Mr. Mr. Beefsteaks, number one, what are the three rules? You know, muzzle direction, finger off the trigger, make sure it's not loaded. Well, and yeah. And, and a lot of the reports that we're getting in now that of course, shooting and death in the field from hunters has gone way way down way down because of hunter's ed and instructors like yourself training up the next generation and the and those who hadn't taken hunter's ed who weren't required it's a good reminder um but a lot of it is muzzle direction somebody's that's right you know fiddle farting around with the gun and it's what i mean when when i think it's a positive thing to turn it around to a positive thing that the you know, most injuries caused in the field are not related to firearms. Obviously, I, I like right. bow hunting, for instance, archery. The number one accident in archery in bow hunting is 
when you're shooting targets and you're pulling your arrows out of your target and people pull them straight towards their stomach or whatever instead of to the side it's the number one archery accident well the one number the number one out out in the field though is people falling asleep in their in their blind not having a harness on if they're in a tree stand if they're in a tree stand right yeah and that seems to be the number one accident uh for i don't like hunting out of a tree yeah. I thought it was interesting. I was watching a hunting video the other day and a guy hunted out of a ground blind and it was the first time it very accomplished hunter. First time he had ever hunted out of a ground blind. I'm like, man, I don't yeah. I don't like hunting out of a tree. I like hunting out He's of a ground blind. He was probably all in on that, wasn't he? Have you seen the video? And he didn't like it. Oh my he didn't God. like it. Have you seen oh, the video like, where that no, guy You can't get away with see. as much. Have you, you seen that video where the guy actually takes and runs? With and and changes locations with his ground blind. He's just inside. He pops up and he and then puts yeah. it down again. And then I no, see. okay, sorry, I went the wrong direction. Oh we were trying my! To be serious so, about uh, well, I was going to talk a little bit about the Pittman Robinson uh, Robertson money that's raised by hunting and how much goes to each state or what the most recent report was on it um but maybe we'll talk about that another time there's a lot of money coming from Pittman robinson off of the hunting and fishing gear sold and uh i i think it's time that hikers bikers all those folks all their gear needs to start having a little taxi taxi waxy on there to jump in on this thing they're using the trails in the parks and uh i think they need to be pitching in on this thing big time so that's just my thought yeah okay well hey mm-hmm. we got another hour of the outdoor zone we've got a lot of your favorite segments left we've got uh some good topics we'll cover it's the outdoor zone stick around you get it only one place 24 7 365 Find us at theoutdoorzone.com. Zone with DJ and Cody Ryan live from the bunkhouse. 
Welcome back, regulators. You're tuned in to the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning live right here on 102.7 ESPN in Austin, Texas, or 24-7-365 at theoutdoorszone.com and all your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you for being tuned in. I'm TJ Graney in the bunkhouse with me is Cody Ryan. He's Beef got steak. It. Oh yeah, and Jack he's the finger ranch in his hand. <laughs> Sorry. Jack the ranch hand who comes gets here early, makes sure the old pot belly stove gets fired up and everything gets rolling along here. Uh, man, uh I was looking at this uh I was just in Illinois hmm. last night. Yes, no, yesterday and the day before, flew in and flew out. Flew into Missouri, St. Louis, and man, are my arms tired! I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I just thought I'd beat him to it. Yeah, oh, I'm say so it anyway. Good. So good. Uh, and I, I was in a room full of. I spoke at a wild game dinner, so I was in a room full of guys that are deer hunters. There's a few and, bird hunters, few duck hunters, but for the most and, part, it was deer hunters. Guys that would love. McBride's guns, if they were here in Central Texas. Yes, they would. McBride's guns, they're our family-owned and operated hometown gun shop. Thank you for that reminder, Mr. Graney. Uh, McBride's guns, that's where we shop. And if you're looking, if you have an estate, if you're confronted with the, uh, the need to take a group of firearms from an estate and have them evaluated, uh, evaluated and um, priced and then sold. There's one place to do that. That's McBride's guns. Um, they'll help you with all of that. They have a gunsmith on staff to help you repair or modify the firearms, get that scope on there correctly. All those things that you need to do with that favorite rifle or shotgun. Maybe you're looking for a youth model rifle or shotgun. You can go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you make the right choice. McBride's Guns. You'll find them in the same place they've been for years, 30th and corner of 30th and Lamar. You can call them at 512-472-3532 or just go online, McBride'sGuns.com, McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns, that's our hometown gun shop. But anyway, like I was saying, I was in Illinois and, um, and I have all these buddies that are deer hunters and I wish I would have thought to ask how many of them signed up for this F O I D card, F O I D card. Here's the assault weapons ban. Assault weapons ban faces few registrations officers willing to enforce about 1.2 of foid card owners in illinois registered assault assault style weapons with the state under the protect illinois community act according to illinois state police only a handful of registered illinois gun owners have logged weapons banned in the state under the contentious new law new year's eve was the deadline for gun owners to register firearms and accessories classified as assault weapons under the protect illinois communities act the law one of many with in the controversial safe 
Act-T Act forbids the sale, ownership, manufacture of hundreds of assault-style weapons in the state. And I marked a couple of the ones, AR-10s, AR-15, anything that looks like that, mm-hmm. you have to register. And then uh, and a couple of them that I thought were really interesting, the Jesse James Nomad. So right here, Jesse James, the motorcycle builder mm-hmm, here in Austin, lives yeah. here in Austin, Texas, in the Austin, Texas area. Right. And he started building rifles and pistols and they're on this list. Well, I mean, it's kind of cool that you, he got his name on here. It says something for what he's building, but I just thought in, in some of the sheriffs in, in Illinois, there's there's a follow-up statement here. It says, Morgan County Sheriff Mike Carmody said his department would enforce the law but not actively seek out people with unregistered guns. The department's uh, department also will not refuse to house inmates arrested by local agencies under the new law. In Morgan County, 102 people finished the, a disclosure, according to state police statistics, uh, as far as state law goes, I'll follow state law. Um, Carmody was in the minority. However, sheriffs from dozens of counties in the state said in the days after it was signed into law that they would not enforce the ban. Sagmon County Sheriff Jack Campbell told KSDX or KSDK, the law violates our constitutional constitutional right to keep and bear arms more than any other law I've seen in 30 years in law enforcement. And so he, his team is not going to enforce the ban on these quote unquote assault rifles and Pike County sheriffs, Pike County sheriff said the same thing. I have no plans of enforcing it myself. Yeah, uh, Sangamon County is a is a place where all the hunters are up there. They're not going to. It it's just crazy that the FOID card everybody's got to have it in order to buy ammunition up there. You got to sign up. That just got to if you're going to do anything. It's a firearms identification in Illinois. I guarantee you, Missouri, the ammunition sales in Missouri yeah. is going to go through the roof. <laughs> or, They'll just drive over and buy some over there somewhere. I'm sure it's illegal somehow, but, and who is going to go uh, I mean, who is going to go give a list of all their stuff to the feds? To the state. This is really a state thing, right? So, well, yeah, it's all of them are all a conglomerate now. Yeah, but yeah mean, I'm sure they're sharing this inform information oh, with their buddies your state the da's your state da's and states are prosecuting whoever they want now i thought the most you know. interesting part of this is what is on there it's not only like black rifles but they got a list of shotguns they got pistols yeah shotgun I mean, pistols it's hundred it's a hundred different firearms on that list you're like what you're gonna have make me sign up or put my quote assault band weapon on on go through all my pistols and look at those the mp9 and, and mp45 yeah i and you you're it's, just, it, it, it's a scary scary thing and i just and i just think illinois you old farm boys out there 
what is going on? Well, what is going on? I was just with a room full of these guys. <laughs> and I'm just, I wish I would have known to ask this question. Like what is going on? I mean, I heard, I heard hunting stories. It was a wild game dinner. We had dead meat all over the place. I hope it was dead. <laughs> Most of it that was way. dead. Well, as Most they say, as they say up there, Chicago should be its own little state or like a, a district because everything below that has nothing to do with that area that comes up somehow with all these rules, even though the, the state capital is in Springfield, which is right in the middle. Chicago is the interpreter of all of this. And then, well, uh, if this, I mean, I just, I know the listeners to our show the outdoor zone i know our listeners are going yeah and 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 90 what 98 percent of the people in the state didn't fill this out didn't do any of it two percent 1.8 percent right 1.2 percent filled out a form yeah that's that's not very many well that just shows. And you know the guy that was having like internal conflicts and filled it out now feels <laughs> really like he bad. shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I wish it wouldn't have done Especially that. Especially when the Supreme Court overturns this and it'll be like New York where they tried to do a ban and they couldn't, right? It finally got to Supreme Court and they turned it around. So same thing's going to happen here. He's already sent his list in. Oh, yeah. That you're screwed. <laughs> Better have a. <laughs> Better have a boating. Well, accident. according to you too. <laughs> according to you too, you know Reported. you own no firearms, right? You own zero. You, they N- none of us own any firearms. Yeah, no zero whatsoever. I think it's no, we're yeah. trappers. We trap things with yes, with wire. our minds. Hey, <laughs> our minds are trapped. Yeah, we're trapped. You hey. Know, uh, Beef, tell me about Sun Auto, baby. Well, what's not banned is going over to Sun Automotive. You know, everybody at some point needs their vehicle repaired, even beefsteak. And it can be fine to find. It can be hard to find a mechanic that I can trust. But we use our friends over at Sun Auto Service. You know, Sun Auto Service is a family-owned and operated auto and repair maintenance company since 1978. I think that's older than old Cody Ryan. And when it comes to your auto repair and maintenance needs, brake repairs and transmission services, Sun Automotive sincerely appreciates having the opportunity to serve you uh, at any of the Sun Auto Services repair shops nearest you. Mine happens to be over at 405 West Slaughter Lane. Yours might be 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park and 1403 River Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway at 1206 Ranch Road, 620 Hey, go to sunautoservice.com to look up your closest location. It's even outside of Central Texas here. Ready to go visit them? Hey, go follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips and specials like I do. Every week, just go sign up at sunautoservice.com. We've got your Peter Report coming up next. It's the Outdoor Zone, live at the bunkhouse. Catch us 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com.
I'm Everstar Pro Ron Sheffield, and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning before the sun. All right, welcome back, regulators. This is your deer shooting, flounder gigging, dub blasting, hog dogging, bass catching, mountain climbing, and fly fishing, four wheeling, adrenaline junkie outdoor zone radio show broadcast to you, to you live from the bunkhouse every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Central here in the United States of America or 24 7, 365 on the outdoor uh, Thanks to our friends at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Get a fast start without. The fast talk to the new year during the start. Something new sales event at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. How about the Ram 1500, America's best light-duty truck, duty pickup for new vehicle quality as ranked by J.D. Power. How about a 24-2500 Tradesman Diesel 4x4 with over 13000 in savings? That's what I drive. It's our Start Something New sales event from your Ram and Jeep experts in the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. For best selection, a free lifetime protection plan, and Nile's promise to beat any competitor's price, go see the experts in Central Texas at the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Head to the Nile Maxwell Supercenter. Uh, we'll see. We sell more than anyone else, 620 and 183 in Austin, or visit us online. Anytime at NileMaxwellSuperCenter.com. NileMaxwellSuperCenter.com. Now it's time for our PETA report. They are anti-hunting, anti-fishing, anti-meat, anti-you and your family's outdoor heritage. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's PETA Report, because we love animals too. They taste great. So, um, how long have we had sea turtles? I mean, in this world. They're old. They've been around a long time, buddy. I mean, I don't know. Like, did they walk up on the, uh, that boat when the world got flooded? Obviously they did. <laughs> or did they just swim alongside? I think they swam <laughs> yeah, alongside like sure. all the fishies. Uh, of the sea. so, so they've been around for quite a while and I would suspect that we have had freezing temperatures. I remember temperatures, uh, Growing up as a kid, I remember snow on the Texas coast just a couple years ago. I mean, there's been freezing weather for years. Um, but there was a report here, and it said, res- this is just from last week. Rescuers rushed to save 350 turtles during Texas freeze in South Padre. This week's hard freeze across Texas put animal rescues on high alert including Sea Turtle Inc. Sea Turtle Inc. That's in not South a non-profit, Padre, right? Where workers and volunteers raced against time to save cold, stunned, stunned sea turtles. Uh, it said that the uh, that currently there are more than 350 cold, stunned sea turtles in their care. Since, a t- since the sea turtles are cold-blooded, they use the water to regulate their body temperatures. And when a drop in temperature occurs, occurs, sea turtles are unable to function. The CEO of Sea Turtle Inc. explained that, what it means and just how dangerous this can be for turtles. 
even though they're awake, they still have those instincts they normally have. They're supposed to lift their head above the water to breathe air. They're supposed to move their flippers to swim. All those instincts are still there, but because they're cold, they can't do it. And I'm thinking, who in the world thought of Sea Turtle Inc.? And now they're raising money, probably funded by the state, and making a good living. I'm guessing they're probably in the seven figures or good, good six figure little income there. And I just thought, oh my gosh. You know what's weird weird about it in in my sense, if you go back and look, uh, even in our temperatures, you're going, Oh my gosh, the cold. What did they do before these turtle rescue people were there? If That's you look what back, I'm saying. I know when you look back at the at the four it's like February thirteenth of eighteen ninety nine, it was minus seventeen degrees. Oh what? <laughs> you, you flip to nineteen thirteen. It was minus spotted eleven. Sea trout, spotted sea trout, sea turtles, and redfish are all wiped out. And not to ever come back again. No, that's not what happened. And then 1933, minus 12 degrees. I mean, you just keep going through and it's it it bounces through different Global warming. decades. It's not because what happened back in 1899 when it was minus 11? What happened in 1933? What happened in 1952? What happened? I'm just saying, this is not a surprise. This is not a new occurrence. And what you're saying so is through what, in uh, Sea Turtle Inc. raised through admissions, donations, education, fundraising, their gift shop, grants, and memberships raised $3.6 million. Oh, oh my golly. A capital campaign for $3.3 million. They've spent 496000 on conservation, 561000 on education. And five hundred eighty-three thousand on rehabilitation. So, man, eh, one and a half million of that was spent on turtles. It looks like out of six, well, almost seven million. What's education? Or no, over seven million. What's the education part, though? I'd like to have see that. What that is? Well, I'm five hundred, five hundred thousand. I'm fine with. I'm fine with, you know, having an organization that's that's involved it it helps us make sure we are taking care of the sea turtles uh, but i just sometimes think man we just have this estimated is, budget of 7.2 million for the sea turtle inc so in south padre island tj what you're saying is we, humans are inserting themselves into something that nature usually takes care of this has been going on for a long time and what did they well, do before it's just that? This animal welfare um, thing that it's created this industry of nonprofits for animal welfare that I don't know. And and I mean, you know, the egregious humane society and PETA and those that bring in millions, and then you have these other organizations. I I believe I I I'm betting that the sea turtle Inc. actually does create some good content there's that's good to know about those things i mean it's good to make sure they're taken care of it 
are they going to go, are they going to die off if they don't rescue 350 of them? Is this like the turtles never been in cold water? And I mean, it's just, it was kind of a ridiculous press release. <laughs> well, they were saying that they regulate their body through cold or through the water. Right. And, but when they're in there, they're so cold that they can't lift their head up to breathe. If not rescued, they will drown if they're not able to lift their heads out of the water. And that's all good. But what happened when we weren't inserting ourselves into it and the weather isn't because of global warming. I mean, it, what, what I'm saying is that it's been a drop temperatures way back since 1899. They've recorded, you know, minus 11, minus five, minus all these it just keeps going. This isn't a new occurrence. And I have seen people in our neighborhood that are like, oh, we got to have all these blankets. You know, it's going to freeze. We need blankets. Like, what do you need the blankets for? Animal rescue. And uh, I'm all for helping animals, you know. Well, your local, your local uh, animal shelter, your local animal shelter, you want to go down there and give them a blanket. I don't care. Go give them a blanket. You know, if you feel good about that and that you feel called to do that, go give them a blanket. Don't, don't send them in cash. Don't, you know, go do something, go volunteer for a day, a month and go. Yeah. I'm not sure that what's really going on. 7 million bucks is needed to go save sea turtles that have made it this far. Now, if you want to put a post out and get a little group together to go, you know, collect the ones that have washed up on the beach that aren't, that are immobile because they're cold, then Take Go them do home. that. Put them in a no. Take a little heated heat lamp or something. I don't know what you do with them, but I mean, it's not seven million dollars worth on South Padre Island, is it? Apparently, it is. <laughs> I guess so. Well, they found, uh, I need to hire that PR company because, yeah. by golly, we're gonna get okay. some little boys standing outside in the cold and shivering in a deer stand. You see these boys. <laughs> They need your donation. They may never shoot a deer if they're too cold. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I'll tell you what. Altrua HealthShare, you know, finding affordable top-quality health care options, that can be tricky for the sportsmen and entrepreneurs, those who are self-employed. But I have my family covered by Altrua HealthShare, and I would not do it any other way. I would not go back to traditional insurance. Altrua HealthShare is a 501c3 organization that's been sharing in medical needs for over 25 years. Altrua HealthShare is not insurance. However, it offers a powerful alternative to traditional insurance and those skyrocketing costs associated. Members contribute each month to a membership escrow account, and then eligible medical needs are then shared from that escrow account. That's how it works. That's how simple it is. That's how much it makes sense. Find out how much you can save, no matter what position you're in, what your needs are. They've got you covered. You can find out how much you can save by going to myshare.org. That's Altrua HealthShare, where we care for one another. All right, we've got your uh, armed citizens report coming up. It's the Outdoor Zone, live at the bunkhouse, 24-7, 365. You can find us at theoutdoorzone.com. Crazy about a shot at this man. 
I'm Andy Morgan, and I fish FLW, and you're listening to the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back, regulators. Here's a notice to the antis and terrorists, us bunkhouse boys and our regulators. We don't give in to you anti-gun crowd, PETA terrorists, or the Taliban. It's how we roll here in the bunkhouse. Keep informed by riding the trail with us all week long online at theoutdoorzone.com. Theoutdoorzone.com. And, hey, thanks to our buddy uh, Jeff Wilkinson over at Keystone Bank. That's the uh, bank of choice by the Outdoor Zone guys here. And it can be your bank, too. It's Keystone Bank, founded by Jeff Wilkinson and his team, operated right here in Austin, Texas, by locals just like you. That's why we're so invested in our community and its success. When you bank with Keystone Bank, you'll enjoy the local relationship-based service that sets us apart. That means you know who your banker is. When you want to go get that new car or refinance your house or buy a piece of property, you know who you're talking to over there. Banking at your fingertips? Anywhere, anytime. That's right. You can be traveling and take care of your bank right there on your laptop or your cell phone. To learn more, get started with the Keystone account. Visit one of their locations in person. There's the new location at 13715 East Ladera Boulevard in B Caves. There's one at 500 Pressler Street in downtown Austin or 900 Hutchins Avenue in beautiful Ballinger, Texas. Or just go to the website, Keystone.Bank, for all their information. Keystone.Bank, for all their information. Keystone Bank, where local matters. Now it's time for our Armed Citizen Report. Today, legal firearm owners are protecting themselves and their families across the nation. These acts of courage and valor are seldom reported throughout the liberal media. The Outdoor Zone wants you to know the truth. This is the Armed Citizens Report for the week. Uh, let's see. Authorities said Monday that they'll not seek charges against a Nightdale homeowner who shot an intruder last week in Langston Ridge subdivision. The shooter, the shooting happened November 29th in the 1300 block of Redwood Valley Lane. The homeowner told officers he shot the man who was trying to break into his house after the intruder in ignored verbal warnings. The homeowner said the suspect broke a window at the house to get inside. Police said money at the break-in suspect, 35-year-old Juan Acevedo, Acevedo of Nightingale had been shot in the face by a single round. He was taken to the trauma center where he survived. And uh, we had an, I had another one, an elderly homeowner in Pennsylvania shot and killed a half-naked intruder who broke into his house. His, uh, Stephen Sheffield, 54, entered the home of a couple in their 70s. Uh, the wife was violently assaulted on the bed after Schaefer followed her to the bedroom. When the husband told the wife to retrieve the gun from the bedroom, the wife is in critical condition, a local hospital after being flown there in a helicopter. Her husband's transported, transported there by ambulance. The husband finally did get to the firearm and shot the guy, uh, Stephen Schaefer, but not before he had seriously beat that wife and i'm just thinking you know that new 
restrictions, those new laws in Illinois, those laws around the country that are trying to be put into place, there's not a bad guy one out there that's going to go get that card and fill it out and say, I got all these stolen guns over here and just want you to know I got them. There's not one bad guy to put one thing down on there. Kind of what I, I was, said last last week or the week before, where I'm not I'm not breaking the law when I'm a Second Amendment carrier because I'm not a lawbreaker. I'm not the guy you're worried about. Mm-hmm. So where I carry or don't carry concealed doesn't pertain to it. Doesn't pertain to me. But you're the only one that they can regulate. That's the point, right? That's that's their goal. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it's like use me as an example or, you know, those like me, mm-hmm. you know, that, but, but I'm that, not the one to worry about that podcast that I sent out to you guys, the 17 ways to become, to not be a crappy man in 2024. 20, yep. Well, he was on another podcast. He was a guest on a podcast and on that other podcast, he took an AR in with him and he loaded it while he was on the podcast. And he set it down on the table in front of him. And uh, he said, okay, well, we'll just see if this gun sh- jumps up and shoots anybody while we're here. <laughs> and I just thought that's so funny, uh, but so true. And, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so glad that this 70-year-old man had a way to protect his wife of... 50 years and himself from some maniac. And that one, like you were saying, beef, that one, uh, couple shot that guy breaking in and the police said, Oh, it was in a neighborhood where home invasions don't happen. It's extremely well, rare in that community. It's, uh, yeah, well it happened to them. Right. Right. And that's the, that's the casual conversation in the background. People say, well, it doesn't happen here. I don't need to protect, you know, I, oh, I'm in a safe community. Well, this guy, this was and a, where, and, and where are those, where are those shootings happening? They're happening in places where, uh, yes. where people know that where the bad guys know they're either not carrying or they're not paying attention. Well, I'm just saying that it's a wake up call to people that say, I live in an extremely, it's extremely rare to have anything happen in this community. Well, dang it, it did happen. And what do you want? Do you want to be prepared for that? You know, thing? and the other the other thing I I thought of in that uh, podcast where seventeen ways to not be a crappy man in twenty twenty four. He talked about defending yourself, and he talked about learn how to fight. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that part he was talking about. He said, "Oh, a lot of guys think they're." Oh yeah. If something, something goes down, yeah, I'll be able to, I'll be able to punch it out or, and, uh, but he said, really, you're not ready. You're not prepared. Unless, unless you practice, unless you've been trained, you're not ready. You think you are, you think you're bad. You think you got that, you got that gun on you and you think you know what to do. Said, unless there's a lot of times you travel and don't have your fire. Yeah. Yeah. He said that too. He said, you're traveling. He said, are you, you know, somebody comes up to you and your family. Are you, you know how to cold cock that guy? Do you know any of that stuff? And I was thinking, and man, I was convicted. Mm -hmm. I was convicted because 
I'm not the kind of guy that gets into a fight. Have y'all, have y'all seen the, well, the movie? Now I do remember a fight you were in back in middle in, school. No, 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 <laughs> no. This was a, this was a fight in California. You were in for a karate world championships, Cooksville one world championships. You got in a fight with a guy and, uh, Beat me no. to a bloody pulp, by God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I didn't even see what was, I didn't even see it coming. He was, that guy was good. <laughs> like, wait, 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 are How'd we starting? you get the same color oh, belt as me? <laughs> He's going, why does that guy got a brown belt? Man, holy cow. Yeah, he no, took I was me just out kidding. swiftly. Um, but but I, there's a movie I watched on the flight back from, st louis yesterday and it was the green book yeah Have this was yeah. this was also that story we're referencing of tj getting his butt whooped was like 40 years ago so 30 years ago yeah it was a while um, right. But have y'all seen the movie, the green book? It's about the guy, the kind of street Bronx guy. And, and uh, he's hired to drive a, mm-hmm. um, a black pianist, a concert pianist through the South back in the day when blacks weren't treated well in the South. And I'm telling you right now, write it down, watch the movie. It's a pretty good movie. Write yeah. it down, watch the movie. If it convicts you, I just, think about it. Yeah. That, that guy, it was a great movie. It was a great movie. But that guy, one of the, you know, I have this thought rolling in my head since I heard that podcast a couple of weeks ago. That guy was a street guy. He just knew how to punch somebody. Somebody needed a punch in the mouth. He just punched him. He knew what to do. He was a street guy. He grew up. Can that he do way. that nowadays, though? I don't think he can do that. Yeah, you got it. It's okay if you bring, if you get him to the ground. That's all that matters nowadays. With all the MMA and all the jujitsu, and just got to get them. No, I mean, I just don't think you can punch people, or I don't think you can get in fights anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, go go to the ground. You can't. You need to know how to do that. One of the 17 ways not to be a crappy guy in 2024 is learn to fight. And the only way to learn to fight is to go and uh, and do it. I don't mean walk into your neighborhood and do that. I'm talking about go, (laughs) you know, professionally or go join. It's not that hard. It's about people humbling themselves. Yeah, your neighbor's barbecue. That's right. Start (laughs) something. This cheeseburger's crappy, Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Want to fight? Come on, man. (laughs) Let's watch Fight Club and then uh, take care of that, that movie, right? Did your wife dress you today? Want to (laughs) fight? Oh, man. We'll start talking. If you want to fight, let's talk about 6.5 Creedmoor versus the other firearms and that caliper, and we'll go into that fight. Come on, Cody. Yeah, I saw a guy. I saw a guy who, or I was talking to a guy at that wild game dinner, and he was telling me that he bought his boys boxing gloves. He has two boys. He bought them boxing gloves, and his wife said, "No, no, you can't." I guess he was like Hispanic or something. No, you can't. That's too violent. You can't give them. Those that's not and he goes, go inside the house. <laughs> and he just taught his boys to fight. And I just thought that is so good. Well, it's having the confidence. So, so good. You, you know, all that fighting stuff too is sometimes it's the confidence to know when not to do it. Just yeah, like with well, a firearm, when to, right? When to run, obviously not put yourself but beef. I'm thinking I've been, you're I've been working with my five year old daughter 
On occasion, she knows that I'm the only person she can hit unless somebody's attacking her. And uh, I'll let her hit me as hard as she wants to hit me and let her hand hurt, you know, like let her feel what it feels like. Oh, so and good. Now I got to now I got to be careful because. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you got to go. Oh, swing not a little, there. Not swing there. a little hard. You got to teach know. her to uh, to put that thumb inside what, so it doesn't get super broken. Funny, what's super funny is that you can give her a hand of sunflower seeds, a handful of sunflower seeds. She'll throw them in her mouth. And she'll just chew on them and spit the shells out and eat the seed. Oh man, you're yeah, raising a like good woman there. I here. mean, she knows how. <laughs> I just thought the first time she grabbed into my my dill pickle flavored seeds. Did she like I, those ones? I, yeah, I she loved them, dude. She yeah. loved them. We eat regular seeds over here. Hey, tell me about that mattress you're sleeping on. Oh man, it was a it was a big deal to finally get the right mattress and i did a lot of research mrs graney and i did and we walked into our buddy steve fry's place factory mattress and they had this right fit sleep mapping technology where you lay down and it'll tell you the right bed which mattress works for you and oh my gosh we got the right mattress and it was not the one that we thought it would be don't miss out on all the sales on the Tempur-Pedic models. Factory Mattress makes it easy to save money and you're back. And they have free delivery setup and removal of that old mattress, which is always t- terrible pain. Get the right bed now during the pre-Black Friday. Get the right bed now during the sales going on at Factory Mattress, where we have sleep down to a science. FactoryMattressTexas.com. FactoryMattressTexas.com. All right. We'll close this whole thing up on the flip side with some final thoughts. It's the Outdoor Zone. We are live in the bunkhouse. You can catch us 24-7, 365 at TheOutdoorZone.com. This is Michael Waddell with The Bone Collector, and you're listening to TJ, Cody Ryan, and Beefsteak on the number one outdoor radio show, The Outdoor Zone. Aldo Leopold said, I am glad I will not be young in a future without wilderness. It's up to us to train the next generation of outdoor men and women. Don't sit on the back row, stand and fight. Give to the Kids Outdoor Zone. Land, cash, vehicles, boats, or start a group in your church. Go to kidsoutdoorzone.com to donate. Kidsoutdoorzone.com. K-O-Z. No kid left inside. I want to give a shout-out to this 90-year-old Arkansas woman. Did y'all see this? Mm, no. boast two decades of deer hunting awards. Oh, yeah, I did Sh- see that, yeah. Charlene Parton of Mariana has claimed a deer with archery, muzzleloader, and modern gun in the same year, and not just once, but 20 times in her hunting career. She went on a span from, uh, what was it, 1990, a tear of nine-year streak, 2009 to 2018, where she killed a deer in a single season with archery, muzzleloader, and modern gun season. So, uh, congratulations to the 90-year-old Arkansas woman, <laughs> Charlene. She'd be feeding feeding them family good uh, groceries man, right there. Man, she'd be good golly. groceries right there. That's right. That's right. That's some good groceries right there. 
Yeah. Oh, I also gosh. thought it was funny this article that came out. Uh, I'll just throw it out there that uh, high fashion or hunting gear. Why chic city women are shopping at traditional sporting stores. <laughs> well, I'll I'll tell you from from going to Dallas Safari Club this year. I was uh, spent some time wandering the floor, checking out the booths, and some of the most most active booths at least a couple of them that I saw were women's uh, camo clothing and high fashion, well-fit, cutting edge materials and style and women. This isn't just, this isn't just camo, you know, apparel, but, but like, you know, outdoor, uh, as far as like a lot of the stuff is kind of looks like, uh, kind of cow, Cowboy, you know, Montana. Right. You know, right. that whole Yellowstone thing. Right? Yellowstone. Well, I told yeah, you look. there, I, I told you, I told you, I, there I, must have been half the guys, more than half the guys that were in there were these young guys with beards and, you know, black sunglasses on and black hats. And Yellowstone has permeated the generation, up and coming generation, which is fine with me. I mean, you guys are studlets, man. Go out there and kick some tail. And- it's better than them pants that are, you know, you gotta, <laughs> that are too tight. And, you know, I mean, sorry skinny to offend anybody that wears them skinny, there elastic, a, elastic there a lot jeans. Of, there wasn't a lot of skinny jeans going on. And I like beards and felt hats better than I do skinny jeans and Man bun. When did this man turn bun. into a fashion? We've been concept? on the man what bun. What happened? Why did this segment turn there? Man, I just what? I, well, how did we this segment into turn into fashion? Outdoor. By the way, TJ, did you drop off that uh, that thing that that uh, thing that I gave you for Cody? Have you uh, have you dropped that yet over uh, there? I haven't seen him since. Oh, okay. Well. Cody oh, Ryan, you got I didn't a little... look in there either. I have no idea what's in it, but he's got a mystery got package. Something. Well, it, it is a mystery to me. Yeah, yeah. You may want to give it to him because that heart and liver may go bad if uh, you know if you don't give it to him right away. What's well, in there? the funny Quit thing, uh, I don't. Oh my goodness, I I do think it's funny though. As I was, I've been reorganizing my office, like my bookshelves and all that. That's been like a big deal trying to figure out where deer mounts go and antlers and you know and um i did find a saw blade that was painted so tj got me one that painted of the farmhouse uh-huh. oh yeah my farmhouse here at that and so i got it nicely displayed well then i'm like digging and i find another painted saw blade i think came from beefsteak oh yeah right mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then, i hope you uh, hung that one over the door right where you walked through well, it is, it's on the, it's on a shelf uh-huh. and, uh, and then I, some <laughs> fishing coat hanger thing that I've not figured out what to do with. That's so the one beef I gave steak you. Has some, yeah. Beefsteak beef has some interesting things that I try. Oh, my fish, my, my prehistoric fish. Yes. Yeah. That was the best I'm one ever. Trying, still trying to figure out where that goes. I saw, I saw a podcast or I saw a YouTube uh, outdoor boys, YouTube, where they went to the place where you can get that stuff. What the prehistoric fish? 
yeah, where it's just this huge area and you go over there and you just chip on rocks and you find tons of that That's stuff. That's what I did for him. Look at this thing. Come on, man. This is the best gift ever. At the time, he said it was the best gift that. he's ever gotten. That's pretty cool. Ever. Did you actually go there and chip that out or was that, did you just buy one? I bought it from Harry? Elvis. That's right. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Elvis in Tennessee. Yep. Now there's an Elvis impersonator or something. In there yep. that you bought it from? Yeah, that, it's a longer story than we up? have. No, that's it. All right, but we don't have enough time for that. I would talk about Elvis and, and where I got that, and it's a whole cool story. But anyways, what I'm going to tell you this week is about our friend C.S. Lewis. If you've never uh, seen him before, you ever heard of Narnia? Huh? Screw tape Diaries, you know, the letters. It's all kinds of good stuff. He wrote something that a quote, it said, one of the most cowardly things ordinary people do is to shut their eyes to facts. C.S. Lewis nailed it. That is what the what that is woke right there. Okay, I like no. that actually. Yeah. This week's Bible verse comes from James 5, 7 through 8. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Live it, love it, learn it. I'm Cody Ryan. Same place next week if uh, the Lord doesn't come before then, I guess. <laughs> well, then you'll be here all by yourself. <laughs> that is, that is. So this week, folks, we want to encourage you to get off the couch, take the kids for a walk in the park, show them the birds, the trees, heck, take them hunting, take them fishing. We don't care what it is, as long as you get them into the great outdoor zone. Us three guys are headed to church. We want to encourage you to find a good Bible-based church in your community. After all, it all belongs to him anyway gentlemen what a great way to start off the year getting your family involved in a local church uh moms want to just encourage you hey parents out there the wildest colts make the best horses your boys are going to be fine if you want to start an outdoor hunting and fishing ministry in your church go to kidsoutdoorzone.com if you want to find a place for a boy to go uh in your local area go to kidsoutdoorzone.com you can find a KOZ group, Kids Outdoor Zone group in your community. If you want to give to the mission of KOZ, Kids Outdoor Zone, go to kidsoutdoorzone.com. We could use your support and help. And uh, let's see. I guess that's probably it. All right. From Cody Ryan, Beefsteak, Jack, our Wrangler and Ranch Hand, and myself, TJ Graney, we just want to say God bless. Thank you for being tuned in. And regulators, let's mount up.